Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. This is the third show in our You Won't Believe What We Have Seen series in partnership with SQA Services. I am really enjoying the amazing stories and ways that the team at SQA are working with their clients in some of the major sectors that affect all of us and has a huge impact on supply chain. So what is next up in our series? Well, we wouldn't be providing you with a good series without talking about technology and the high stakes that are involved when the internet goes down or the millions spent on defects that could be avoided if certain processes aren't in place. So joining me today to talk about these challenges, how it affects all of us and the amazing solutions is Mike and Jim McKay. Thank you guys for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Sarah. Delighted to be with you, Sarah. Great. So for those that don't know you, Mike, let's start with you. Why don't you tell us who you are, what you do, and what is the one thing you found the most surprising in technology? Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, so I'm Mike McKay. I'm president and CEO of SQA Services. I started SQA when I was 26 years old back in uh, 1995. It's been an amazing ride. And one of the most amazing things I've seen recently in technology in that sector is a program we're involved with with Amazon and their new drone technology. And they have worked, they're working with us as a third party to perform assessments all around the world, AS9100 assessments for drone technology and delivering packages, which is such an amazing thing. I'm still putting uh, my mind around that concept as I'm walking my dog, watching uh, packages being delivered to respective households around me. So I find that pretty amazing. Wow, that is awesome. And I, I'm pretty sure we're probably going to hear a little bit more about that too coming up in the episode. So Jim, I want to turn it over to you. Why don't you tell us who you are, what you do, and what is the one thing you found the most surprising in technology? I'm Jim McKay, and I'm chairman of SQA. Uh, work closely with Mike and his management team to uh, plan our future and make it all happen uh, for the benefit of our customers. Uh, in terms of the technology and the advancement uh, thereof, uh, I'm reminded of the old uh, saying that the more things uh, change, the more they remain the same. And I think that applies greatly to what we're doing at SQA. Uh while technology has uh, advanced tremendously over the past 25 years, uh, and we're, we work hard to keep up with it with our field first force of uh, associates, the thing that remains the same is that uh, our customers have the challenge of selecting the right suppliers, monitoring their performance, making sure they uh, produce their product according to specification and deliver them on time. Uh, safe and reliably. So in that respect, uh, SQA has the same job, irrespective of the advances in technology over the course of time. Yeah, isn't that so true? I mean, that's, you know, something that can be said for supply chain professionals everywhere, right? Like that is the basis of supply chain is that we want to make sure that we get quality products delivered in on time. So Mike, let's start this off with, you know, what kind of technologies is SQA working with, or sorry, technology companies that you're working with over at SQA? And how does SQA get involved? Yeah, thank you. Uh, 
I've got a couple uh, on the top of my mind. One is a company you've all probably heard of called Apple. We work with them on their phones, all their accessories around the world. And it's been an exciting relationship that's uh, lasted over a decade. Applied Materials, which makes the machines that make chips for companies like Intel. Uh, that's been a great relationship that's, you know, lasted over 20 years. LAM Research. Uh, Google is a new uh, partner working with their data centers around the country. So those are a few off the top of my head. Awesome. And Jim, what would you sort of jump in there with as far as the technology companies you guys are working with and, and how you get involved with that those tech companies? Well, my, uh, my soft spot is finding the right people in, uh, in our field organization to tend to these very challenging technological issues. And so I, I tend to focus a lot of my sympathies and attention to the selection of our experts in the field, our associates with the uh, appropriate credentials and background and experience to handle ever increasingly uh, difficult uh, assignments by our customers. Yeah, and that's a really critical component. Mike, I know that you and I have spoken about this on the last couple of episodes and how the people at SQA really makes a difference. And that not that was not just coming from you, Mike, but that was also coming from the customers that you have been working with over time um, as SQA. And so I love that you brought that up, Jim. Thank you for doing that. So the stakes are high when it comes to technology. And I think that that is a a huge, even maybe even an understatement. Why are audits and inspections so important to companies like the Googles, like the Apple, Avea, etc., that you guys are working with? Mike, why don't you tell us some stories around that? Yeah, well, you know, one unique aspect of our company is that, uh, you know, our product is our people. So that's, that's really, really super important. It's a combination of our people, processes, and technologies. And so when we look at people that are going out and performing inspections or audits, uh, they not only do they need a uh, unbelievable business acumen, they need to possess the right people skills to go out, do a job and communicate effectively with our with our customers. So the way we're leveraged in the technology industry primarily, Sarah, is companies are they come to us, they say, you know, we need to conduct 350 audits in 22 countries over the remainder of the year. We don't have enough personnel on our own team. Can you help us out? And we act as a third party that, with a dotted line to their organization. Usually they're understaffed. They have government regulations. They have other pressures that are mounting, and they need assistance through a, a flexible, scalable third party. But when you get into the true nuts and bolts, we find people – typically with 10 to 25 years of experience out there in the field that live an hour's distance from any of their uh, supplier facilities that can go out and do work on their behalf, saving them time and money. But, uh, you know, the, the skill sets of these people, uh, it all comes, the rubber meets the road when they go to work and we deliver data to our customer uh, and then stay in touch all along the way, monitoring the effectiveness of the program and getting them a return on investment. That's how it works. 
And what are you and the team actually doing when I talk about audits and inspection from a technology perspective? Can you give us a glimpse and maybe paint a picture of, of what exactly you do when you do that? Yeah. So, you know, you might take Apple. They have uh, accessory suppliers all around the world. They're located in Cupertino in Northern California. They simply are tired of flying their own personnel to all these respective places to visit their suppliers, go in and perform key audits or perform inspections for products prior to their shipment for final assembly in California. So our people that have the right uh, cultural uh, you know, there's so many things that our people do when they say, you know, if you want to send somebody from Cupertino over to the Guangdong Peninsula, not only is it ridiculously costly when the person is traveling, who's doing their job. Meanwhile, uh, within 48 hours, we can have our person right there on top of the scene, getting whatever it is need done on their behalf. So uh, there's tons of different audits that we perform for our customers. They're customized based on their own checklists. And many times they leverage our best practices working in other industries to get them even a a greater result. Uh, From the inspection standpoint, um, you know, hundreds of different types of inspectors we've worked with over the years. And it's customized on on each and every uh, single account that we work with. Uh, we, We have an implementation phase where we plan it far in advance and make sure we deliver to their expectations. Amazing. And you may, you bring up a good point, right? And because you guys are the experts on the audit and inspection side, it doesn't surprise me, you know, that Google or, or Apple are picking up the phone and, and calling SQA because you are the ones that know the ins and outs of these, you know, communities and of, you know, the, the global landscape of supply chain when it comes to doing the audits and doing the ins- inspections. And, you know, one, one thing of, of potentially sending somebody from one location to another, knowing that that could cause headaches or extra costs or things like that is really, really important, you know, not only to save costs, but also to save time as well. So Jim, I want to send this one over to you. You've seen it all. Um, I want you to give us sort of the background because I heard that you started everything with Intertech. Um, So tell us a little bit about that, how you got started in the tech space and what has been the evolution of tech that you have seen? Well, it all started with my having a, uh, an appointment canceled when I was in the Boston area one day a hundred years ago, and I ended up going to uh, back to the motel and having a swim, and I met a quality engineer uh, at that particular pool in that hotel, and uh, we got acquainted, and what do you do and what do you do? Well, this fellow proceeded to tell me that he was on assignment to see uh, a number of suppliers, critical suppliers, to his era for his aerospace company, uh, located in the Northeast around the uh, Boston area, and he had been given uh, five days to do uh, really an audit of each one of these companies to make sure that they were performing as they were supposed to, and he had informed me that he had gone in and visited each one of those companies for about a half hour, and he is going to spend the rest of his the week going to visit his sister in Vermont. And, and I said, how, how, 
how can you do that? You're not doing your job. He said, well, I don't know what I'm doing. The people who really know what they're doing, they keep in-house in the quality department, and they send dummies like me out into the field to perform these functions, and I don't like sticking my nose into other people's business. Well, in any event, I... Out of the uh, long and short of the conversation, by the time we finished, he said, well, look, if, if you're such a smart guy, figure a way that, uh, the, uh, that you can set up a network of experts all around the world who can be on site to go in and know what they're talking about and perform uh, superb supplier surveillance and know what they're doing. And uh, as a result of the whole thing, I talked to uh, Raytheon, a number of major companies about the prospect of setting up such a, a worldwide organization. And that was the very foundation or provided the very foundation of thinking for uh, behind Intertech. That is, I love to hear origin stories. And I believe Intertech turned into SQA. Is that right, guys? Well, well no, I, uh, I, ahead, I, yeah. I built up uh, Intertech over the course of 13 years. And, uh, and sold uh, Intertech to Inchcape Group in London. And then uh, had a very unsuccessful experience in trying to retire for a number of years until <laughs> Mike, Mike and I sat down in 1995 and talked about the prospects of doing Intertech all over again, only maybe better and bigger. And out of that conversation, uh, Mike, who was being very successful, in the financial services business, uh, but not particularly enjoying it, uh, said, Dad, let's do it again, and, and uh, we'll do it together. And that was the beginning of Intertech, and Mike mm -hmm. and I having a most pleasurable, uh, successful 25 years in business with one another, and I've loved it. Absolutely. Oh, I love that story. Mike, anything you want to jump in there with? Gosh, I could talk for 30 minutes or longer just about that. But back in, uh, yeah, so I was working in the world of finance, looking at all these screens, watching numbers go up and down, and I didn't feel I controlled my own destiny, and I wasn't happy in the industry, and dealing with people and their money wasn't something I was excited about continuing. So my dad and I had a series of lunches, and we, you know, we talked about, doing this thing again, this time with me running it. And, you know, I was super intimidated, but I still found the other day, 25 years later, the pros and cons uh, list that I put together that we discussed over lunch back in 1994. And I saw all, I mean, it, it brought back such memories. And, you know, the bottom line is we got started for a year. I did nothing but recruit uh, quality assurance professionals around the country. I was the only employee of SQA, my dad and me, that's it. We started in a 250 square foot office in a uh, office building that my father had just built. So it was uh, a lot of space to occupy. And over the course of our 20 some odd years working at that facility, we did in fact fill 85 to 90% of the building. And it's just been such a blast working with my dad and and he knows the business so insanely well but there were a few pitfalls getting started when my father started intertech it was heavily based on military standards for aerospace and defense companies and some of those environmental market conditions those requirements where all these suppliers had you know they had to adhere to all these military standards 
in the industries we were going after, that simply wasn't the case. So we had to transition and pivot a little bit, Sarah, into, you know, selling our services to commercial industry. But in doing so, we had to constantly demonstrate a return on investment. And, and that's not to say Intertech didn't do that. It just there was a lot more pressure on us working with companies that would never dream of outsourcing anything to a third party, especially in, you know, uh, industries like, you know, medical, pharmaceutical. We had to do a lot of hard selling and we were the first companies to successfully sell third party quality assurance services to different sectors. And that's been something we're, we're really, really proud of. What an amazing origin story. And I love to hear it from both perspectives as well, right? Because you have, you know, originally coming and, and starting Intertech and, and the, the basis of the idea and then bringing it into the family um, and sprouting that idea, but just expanding on that even further. So thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. Uh, Jim, you've seen a lot over the years. What, what has been the evolution of tech that you've seen? Well, <clears throat> in listening to uh, uh, Mike talk, I'm just so proud of everything he's done. But, but it, it suddenly occurred to me, uh, the biggest challenge I think that we've had over the course of time, both in Intertech and certainly with SQA, has been the hard sell that's involved in getting our customers' attention to starting uh, the, uh, their process right by selecting the right suppliers. Most of the efforts that we have been involved with over the course of time have been in putting out fires <laughs> that have already been started. The smoke is, is accumulating and the flames are coming up. We've got to go in and solve the problems. It would be so much easier if we were involved at the outset of the relationship where these major manufacturers are selecting their suppliers based on their qualifications. And uh, it, the, the best use of us in SQA is to go in with them at the earliest stage and select suppliers that are best equipped, best qualified to make the products that they need desperately to make their own products. And it, uh, that's been a disappointment over the course of time, and it will be a continuing one, seeing our customers uh, not, do, uh, not buy the insurance that they should up front and making sure that they're selecting the right suppliers before they get uh, all the way 100% into a, a multi-billion dollar project a lot of times and then find out that they have some sick suppliers along the way that oftentimes are sole source suppliers, and then we're in, we're in trying to uh, solve the problem, keep the product coming out, and make and make everything right when it would have been so much easier to do it right from the the very beginning. Yeah, absolutely, Dad. I just wanted to throw in something that you know I I've gotten to know CEOs at these different organizations we work with and you know, I'll, I'll have lunch with them or play golf with them. Some of them have become mentors of mine and they say the right things. They look right at me and they go, you know what, Mike, we're only as good as our worst supplier and, and blah, blah, blah. But when push comes to shove and I say, great, well, we want to talk to you. Let's get involved preemptively and put together a strategy that makes sense. They nod, they nod. Their job is mostly to, you know, uh, enrich their shareholders and keep the business coming in. But when, the transition goes over to the head of quality. Unfortunately, many times 
you might run across an individual saying, yep, we got it all together. We got it all together. But then, you know, a year and a half later, they call us going, oh, boy, we really need you and we need you right now. And so at, at times, you know, we sit there kind of it's a head scratcher because if we could develop a program at the outset and implement it correctly, it would be so much more efficient. But unfortunately, you know, the old adage of, hey, you know, uh, spend ten dollars now to save a hundred later in the world of quality. It doesn't always work that way. Amazing. Amazing. And I think you're right too. You know, a lot of times we look at it from that perspective or we don't. And sometimes we need people to jump in and really take a look at what we're doing and make sure we're doing it right. So Jim, I'm going to send this one, this next one over to you as well. You know, quality of product is so important to customers experience these days. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm hearing about it a lot. So tell us how SQA is helping to do that. Well, uh, we're involved, of course, in uh, going out to the suppliers and making sure that they're doing it right. And to the extent that we can get out there uh, with a timely presence and uh, and uh, oversee uh, the process and and locate the problems before they become a major problem uh, at the supplier location, to the extent that we can do that, then we we can uh, have a profound effect upon the end result, and that is the quality and reliability of the product. But it, it's a it's a relentless task, one that gets that requires our uh, associates being on the scene with some regularity and overseeing the process at the supplier location, because so oftentimes uh, someone some bright person inside the supplier uh, facility will have an idea about saving a few dollars with changing the process uh, and uh, that involved in, in producing the product. And all of a sudden, uh, massive rejects come flowing into our customers' facility. So it's a relentless task that we have uh, at the scene, watching after our customers' best interest and with their cooperation to make sure that the end result is safe and reliable products. Mike, did you want to jump in there with anything? Uh, you know, I think he, he, you know, my dad touched on all the key elements there. Uh, I, you know, the, the, the thing that we see time and time again, though, is we go out and we perform, you know, a thousand inspections. We look at a million piece parts going into a rocket. We perform 500 audits in 22 countries within nine months, and we're excited. We hand our customer the data, but sometimes they look at us and say, gee, thanks, but now what do we do? Yeah, now what? Uh, you know, now what? Because we have some orphan suppliers here. Here's where they are. Here's where they need to be. And, and they require expertise and leadership and taking their suppliers from point A to point B to point C. But, you know, there's all... There's not always, but many times there's trepidation, Sarah, when we're in there and we're talking to them. There's some people in the room that, you know, can also be anti-sponsors. <laughs> they take our great data, they're looking at it, but then they want us to go away so they can take it and take it to the next level. And uh, it, it gets a little tricky at times when you're looking at a, a room of 10 people 
and eight are fully on your side, but there's two people saying, oh gosh, here's this third party and they're doing what I should be doing in there. So I, I love transparency. I love telling it like it is. And it's great when I can meet with a customer and have a peer-to-peer concept with them where I say, hey, now what? how do you want us to take this data and take you to the next um, you know, the next, next level in quality and how do we get buy-in from different stakeholders on your team to make sure that we're, you know, that, you know, how do we eliminate the trepidation and get your team fully bought in that we're here to be a dotted line and help you guys not replace people. So it's a little, yeah. you know, I mean, that's, that's the bottom line that happens in maybe 80% of our relationships. It's not stated, but it's the elephant in the room and everybody knows it. And so it's better sometimes to just bring it up and work with with people. So that's what I wanted to contribute. How do we take this data, bring them to the next level and do it in a teamwork environment without without drama or issues? Yeah, and you're right. You know, communication is going to be key to that. You know, I, I'm glad that you brought up that challenge authentically is something that you do uh, go up against you know, um, on a regular basis. But at the end of the day, if we can partner, we can communicate and we can talk about the elephant in the room as well, we're all much better for it. And we can collaborate into the future, making it a win-win for everybody. So in the news, you know, we hear about defects or recalls. I mean, for me, I know I hear about that on cars specifically, and it really affects all parties in the chains from customers having to spend time or money getting the product back to the company or manufacturer, is there a way to stop defects at the start? And why aren't more companies doing that, Mike? Jeez, uh, that is such an amazing question. And I sure wish that um, (laughs) all your listeners are listening to you eloquently put that out there. It frankly, we just many times, my dad stated earlier, we're getting involved too late in the process. Somebody's either trying to save money choosing a a different uh, way to save, uh, to, you know, choosing a a cheaper source of supply and putting quality at risk. You know, we see organizations out there, you know, the title of the show is you won't believe what we've seen. Sometimes we'll go out and we'll look at our customer. They ask us to audit, you know, 200 companies. We start scheduling these audits and we call a supplier and one of the suppliers says, they bought eight products from us, literally eight products in volume 16 years ago. And, we, you know, we're sitting there going, gosh, this is a this is wasting time and money. Or we get out to a certain supplier where the address doesn't even exist. So, you know, I'm trying to contribute to the entertainment value of this podcast that, you know, many times uh, a new person is in charge of quality. They're looking down at us and they're saying, help us figure this all out. And so sometimes it's amazing strategically, and I, I, I'm walking along a fine line. I don't mean to offend any listeners about, you know, their respective organizations, but the bottom line is sometimes, uh, you know, we are a little surprised at um, the status of things upon our, you know, our engagement. Absolutely. I'm sure that you have some more stories that you could even share with us because you guys, like you said, the overarching thing of the theme of this is you won't believe what we have seen. And some of the stories that you have already told us in episode one, episode two, and now in episode three are just amazing. And it's so great to hear that, you know, SQA is working with organizations globally in all of these different sectors that 
that touch each of us as consumers on a day-to-day basis and knowing that quality really is you know, um, at the top of minds, you know, when they're with them, when they're working with SQA. And so you and I have spoken about this on the other, the other two episodes for those who haven't checked out episode one and episode two, make sure that you go and check those out. But we've been talking about the quality is campaign. Um, and that's something that you've put out for a couple of years as SQA. And it's really, really important. You're showing that quality is, important in every single industry touching every single life. And um, so I know you're proud of it. And it's something that you could go into a little bit more. But as you look into the future of technical companies, and technology, how does quality fit into the supply chain? And how important is it moving forward? Mike? Yeah, great question, Sarah. One thing that I'm seeing you know, that we're all seeing, that's a really, really scary thing is what's happening in the cyber world. Um, You know, we are coming across a lot of organizations that frankly don't know what to do with data. And so we're working with an ethical hacker, a guy that's part of our team that when he's done going to work, he likes to hack into databases and prove that he did so. And then he has... Uh, services. And, and there's huge companies like Northrop Grumman, others that are out there, and they, they have a huge need in the world of cyber audits. And we're getting heavily involved in that area. Um, but at the same time, it, it all depends on how mandated these requirements are. Like if you go back to the world of oil and gas, there was a lot of talk after the Shell disaster where, you know, you got to, I mean, uh, sorry, uh, the BP uh, disaster down in the Gulf oil spill. And that entire industry was supposed to change overnight with a bunch of new rules and regulations. And they, they made all these uh, demands saying all these companies need to start doing these things. At the end of the day, it just didn't happen. Uh, the cost per barrel went down. Uh, thousands of jobs were lost. And, and frankly, uh, the the, the need of all that needing to happen, frankly, never happened. So, But in the world of cyber, uh, that is something that cannot be ignored. Uh, we as a supplier to a lot of these multi-billion dollar OEMs, we're audited all the time about our data systems. Or if somebody broke into one of our facilities and stole a laptop, you know, some of their data could be involved in that process. So that, that whole world of, of, of the cyber thing has been a, a, another huge challenge, but we're ready to help our customers with that. And that's, you know, I'm really glad that you brought that up because cybersecurity is huge. I mean, it's it's always been a hot topic. Um, I think it's becoming a lot more um it's becoming discussed a lot more in different conversations that supply chain professionals are are having with different stakeholders. And especially when it comes to quality and data, it's hugely, hugely important. And we all need to know where our data is being stored, how it's being used, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm really glad you brought that up because it's a really important part to technology. So Jim, last final words, is there anything else you would like to jump in here with on technology and how quality is so important to technology moving forward in the future. Yes, yes, I have something I think very positive to contribute, and that is something that Mike has uh, uh, an idea of his that he has uh, uh, been very successful with with his team 
over the last several years, and that is establishing partnership-type relationships with our customers. If there's any one area that we've been most successful with and, and, and generated the most success on our, for our customers, it's been in those instances where we have established true business relationships. And it's a state of mind that, that comes to exist between uh, the SQA people and the customer people. When they take on that, that idea, that thinking that we're working as partners, we're able to accomplish so much more, <laughs> so much faster, and so much better expense, and and to get and we end up with a much better product uh, for the uh, final uh, consumer. But I think that that partnership uh, development with our customers has been the most positive thing that's happened to us in our business in the last several years. And I, I compliment Mike for his uh, engineering and driving that. It's so true. And I love the fact that you mentioned state of mind because it really comes down to intention, motivation, and mindset. So the evolution and the speed at which technology has changed is astonishing. Quality audits and inspections are important for us to keep driving forward with the high stakes of technology. I never realized how reliant technology companies should be if they aren't already reliant on quality. For more information about SQA, visit them at sqaservices.com. Thank you to Mike and to Jim for joining me on the show today. I love your passion. I love the origin story and all the stories that you shared with us today. I really can't believe what you have seen. Join us for the next episode in this series coming up next week about beauty secrets. That's right. We are going to tackle the beauty industry, which is exactly where and how SQA started. With beauty, you are either ingesting or putting products on your skin, and this is where it really gets interesting, as quality is really important and should be at the top of everyone's mind, from manufacturer to consumer. So thank you guys. Really appreciate you joining me today. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. Sarah. Appreciate it.